Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take the CA wherever you go. Download the Commercial Appeal app on your smartphone or tablet and get push alerts when breaking news happens. It's a free download for your iPhone and iPad in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store for your Android device. This is the Grizzlies Podcast with Grizzlies beat reporter Ron Tillery, columnist Jeff Calkins, and pick and pop columnist Chris Harrington. Ron Tillery here, the only beat writer the Memphis Grizzlies have ever known, alongside columnist Jeff Calkins and pick and pop columnist Chris Harrington. And there's a lot of material to delve into today. Uh, we'll start with last night's game, guys, because. Uh, if anything, it just goes to show you with the Marcus Hall tipping at the buzzer pass from Vince Carter that the Grizzlies just keep it interesting through uh, eight games. Um, offensively, they played better. They shot the ball better. They moved the ball better. Chandler Parsons actually scored. <laughs> but what are, you, what are your guys' uh, takeaway from last night? Well, they sort of developed a re- reputation through the, the so-called grit and grind years of being a team that – wins more games than they quote-unquote should based on their point differential, right? Mm-hmm. It's just this truism in the NBA that that it evens out over time. And for the Grizzlies, that has not been the case. They've sort of routinely overperformed that. It's because they have they managed to win a lot of these close games. Um, you know, and you can argue whether that's just luck or, or, or what that is, but, it, but it's certainly been the case, and that's what we're seeing so far this season. I mean, they're 4-4, four and four and they, there are – um, four or five teams below them in the standings that have worse, that have better point differentials than the Grizzlies do. And with all this going on, you know, I had a buddy of mine that used to call Lionel Hollins the MacGyver of, of coaching. Uh, and, and so far, that's been David Fisdale, Jeff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, it's funny. On the on this, they find a way to keep it interesting. I think it's sort of critical that they're doing, that, that they've been eking out these wins right. for both. I mean, I don't know that the quote-unquote crisis of two days ago when when – you know, David Fisdale was saying that he was wrong about that. I don't know how much of a crisis it was, but I do think that in terms of buying in and building, and, and it has been critical that they have been able to. I mean, the opening game win could have easily not been a win. The win against uh, and the other two were in overtime. And the other, and the, yeah, right. two, two, two in overtime. And then yeah. last night, I mean, it's unbelievable that they've, and I think it's critical, um, both for sort of to, to keep things perking along, but also ultimately to remain in the playoff hunt as they try to figure things out because there are so many I think they probably have more things to figure out than any any potential playoff team in the league you know last night was a big step to, not a big step but a small step anyway towards figuring out if Andrew Harrison could be a backup point guard sure. so they got to figure out that out they got to figure out the two we got James Ennis playing starting at the two last night you got to figure that out you got to figure out when uh, when and if Chandler Parsons will be back and be at full strength, you got to figure out how to play with minutes restrictions. You got to with with on Mike and Mark. So they're figuring out practically everything. Figure out what it actually looks like for Zebo to be a six man off the bench. 
figuring out all of that as you're trying to stay afloat. Yeah. And I think that, but I think this, the winning the games to stay afloat while you're figuring out that it is is not just important numerically. I think it's important within the structure of the team and psychologically. That's well, why I get annoyed with my Twitter feed with the constant criticism that I already get with Fisdale. And they're eight games in. And Jeff just laid it all out. I mean, like, there is so much to figure out with a rookie head coach. And I like the fact that he said after New York, playing Mike Conley for the first six minutes and not for the rest of the half, that was stupid. That won't happen again. You know, I have to manage every game on its merit. So sitting Zach at the end of that, uh, uh, what game was that? The uh, Portland? Portland game. I probably would have done things differently if I had to. Hubie Brown did that. Came out and said, you know, hey, you know, I, I probably should have done this or that. Um, Lionel did it. Um, Fratello wouldn't. Ivor only certainly wouldn't because he thought he was uh, uh, Red, uh, Red Arback, and then and then Jaeger wouldn't. So I, I I like the message to to further Jeff's point that Fisdale continues to send to the team because he's saying, look, we're all in this together. I agree. Generally, mm-hmm. I do wonder, and I'm sort of undecided on this. Um, I wonder about the wisdom of coming out on the Zach thing because a. I don't think he acknowledged in saying he made a mistake. Maybe he believes that. I, I guess he does. I don't think he acknowledged that it was not. It was a difficult call. It was not an obvious. It's not an obvious call whether to have him out there or not have him out there, and that there are legitimate reasons not to defensively, as he has talked about before. Well, if I can interrupt you, well, he, well, he, let me, let me okay. finish it. One more yeah. thing. But I, I just I wonder. My concern. And it looked like he handled it well last night. Yeah. My concern was that in sort of addressing it the way he did, that he sets up. A situation where every close game is a referendum on whether Zach Randolph's on the floor or not. Well, I, I think that's where that particular game was obvious for a couple reasons. A, they weren't getting stops. I mean, McCullum was going crazy, right? So Zach being out there didn't fit that particular equation. B, Mark was passing up shots. He needed reinforcement, you know. So taking that game, you know, for what it was. I think it was obvious. But even yeah, if you that, made a mistake, even if he even if he did think you made a mistake and he did make a mistake, let's 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 uh, let's assume both of those things are true in mm-hmm. that game. I do think it's an interesting question because then is that specific to that game and what is the message being sent? To, what is the message that's sent to Zach? Is it that some games you're going to play, some games you're not going to play? Well, that's what Fitz said. Right. Yeah. I mean yeah. that that seems to be yeah. seems to be it. But then the problem is if every time they end up losing, with, Zach with does him not on the bench, play, is it going to be because be, Zach is on the Zach bench? Zach didn't play. They lost, and not only from the fans, which it clearly will be, but also Zach himself will be thinking that. I don't know if it's a referendum on in the games, close games. I just think on that night, Mark got the ball. Right. Your max big money guy just kept throwing it out to James Ennis. Zach won't do that. At the end of well, close game, you're inside of that, two minutes. That's certainly true. You're inside of two right. minutes. It's a two-possession game. Zach Randolph will get an offensive rebound. He will get on the block, and he will attempt the shot or get fouled. You know, I mean, and, and, and so in that moment, you weren't getting that from your big guy on the floor. I didn't, I'm not saying take Mark out. Right. I'm just saying Mark needed reinforcement, and it wasn't right. J. Michael. Well, Bain. and it could have it been a healthy Randall. Chandler Parsons if he existed. In, in, in other words, you can be that right. Mark if you have Chandler, a healthy, effective Chandler Parsons <laughs> on to make that shots. side of the floor. It, he, yeah. he doesn't exist now. That's the that's been the missing component of all this because I think the theory with Zach sitting down the stretch of some games is 
offensively, you have Lamarcus Hall, Mike Conley sort of pick and roll you're, you're working out of, and you want defense sort of surrounding them, and you want to be able to, to cover sort of these spread offenses other teams are doing in the pick and roll. But without Chandler Parsons, if you if Chandler Parsons and Zach Randolph are both not playing, you don't have anyone else to throw the ball to when the Conley Gasol thing's not working. You don't have someone else to make a play. And so when Parsons is there, you have someone else to make a play. Without him, and, and if you're looking at James Ennis and, and, and Jermichael Green and, and Tony Allen or whoever the fifth is, you don't have that. Yeah, and by the way, it was no fault of James Ennis. It was a lot of times he was just looking to go back and play defense. And then, it, oh, right. They gave me the ball, <laughs> so let me shoot it. Right. <laughs> you know, so you know, I, 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 I just happen to like, you know, when, when coaches don't believe that a whole enchilada right, and they right. can acknowledge that, you know, I can do better just like they can do better, just like the officials can do better. Because think about that. When the game starts, all the officials here for two hours is how much they suck. <laughs> you know. So right. they're they're supposed to be perfect, but the players and uh and coaches are, are given a pass. So uh, well, that that was pretty much the week, uh, but I, I want to sh- uh, pivot to um, another topic regarding Vince Carter. I, I made the small observation in training camp that you know one of my takeaways is that this guy is going to actually help the Grizzlies, and yeah. he's he's found a fountain of youth, which is a cl- cliche, but 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 beyond that, he he's move he doesn't move like a thirty nine year old guy. Well, or maybe he moves like a 39-year-old guy who's suddenly healthier than he's been the last two seasons. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe what the last two seasons, it's it's been age and injury, and now he's healthy. And so you don't have the, that double <clears throat> that double limitation that he, he had the first two years he, seasons here. And he's a three-point shooter. He, he He's a good passer. Um, you know, he's got some limitations defensively, but he's tough and smart and big. Right. And so all those things help. And he's on a team that, you know, still have some questions on the wing. And so And he's oftentimes yeah. the first guy off. I mean, like he's he's gonna play. Yeah. yeah. So what do we think of Chandler Parsons? Ron, what do you think? Well, obviously, you know, he played better yesterday and he kind of took from Mark Gasol's playbook in the sense that when I asked Mark, you know, about his game a couple nights ago, how did you get going? He says, Well, I started inside out instead of just floating outside and then going inside. And so Chandler Parsons, I think all of his shots were at the rim. All of his made shots. shots. He's made shots. for three from three. Right. His oh. made shots were at the basket, you know, starting with an easy fast break layup that Mike Conley fed him. So uh, I thought that was smart, you know, uh, just to get a rhythm, get some confidence. And, um, he, you know, he was a part of the resurgence of the uh, offense, if only one night, where they moved the ball really well. And, and so he looked better. But it, we're still waiting for his first three. Yeah. Yeah, because he's missing wide open ones. Point that Chris has made before, and I think I I have no doubt that if he's healthy, his shot will come. He said Mm -hmm. a lot of he he said after the Portland game that he thought his shot was flat, and a lot of it's getting his leg. I mean, a lot of that's just. Mm -hmm. And so I don't so much worry about that. The point that Chris has made before is um, we've always looked at whether he's healthy as a is he healthy or is he out issue. Like is he healthy? That would be great, or he's going to be out, and that would be terrible. But there is an in between that has been inhabited by it's inhabited by Derrick Rose now, where he is he is healthy he's, but he's diminished, healthy, right. but not hey, Derrick Rose, right? You don't want the healthy but not Chandler Parsons. Chandler <laughs> Parsons is the, are you are you convinced, Ron, that if he's healthy, he will be that Chandler the the one who was played for a good half of the season last yeah. year in Dallas as well as he has ever played? It bears watching uh, because the the reality is he's had a couple of surgeries in a short amount of time on the same knee. So how much can he be right. 
you know, the Chandler Parsons they signed up for. I mean, look, if Vince Carter was healthy uh, two years ago, he would have been for the Grizzlies what he was for the Mavs. I have no doubt about that because we're seeing that now because he's healthy. And how long? I mean, A, can he get back fully to what he was? And then B, how, I mean, how long are the minute or the 20 minute thing going to go with him? I mean, are we going to look up? It's going to be two months. I mean, how long do you think it's going to take? Do you have any sense of that? I think Chandler Parsons said that the other he night. Said he 20 said 20 minutes it, going forward for the foreseeable for, future. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, he said for it took at least a, a couple months. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, he said it took him a month to get back uh, last time. But then he said with the 20 minutes, he said, yeah, that's the plan going forward. But he left, I think he left that part open ended. Indeed, with all the minutes restrictions, are they all, is, are they, is Mark going to be ramping up? Is Mike, I know you don't like this topic, Ron, particularly, but I, what, what, what's good, like, is this something we are moving away from or is it something that will be all year? I don't know. I, I, I do think they're overdoing it. Now, I can see uh, with Mark and, and Chandler, but the whole Mike Conley thing is a little silly. I mean, like, every day they put him questionable, and Mike, Mike tweets out game day focus. I, I, tweeted, I tweeted my followers, <laughs> forget the injury report. That's how you know he's playing. You know, I don't know. I, because, because they have young guys, and we're going to get into this, who still have yet to show you that they can contribute to winning. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that particularly relates to the backup point guard situation. You know, it's one thing to, to, to operate like the Spurs, but, I mean, are are, are you the Spurs? No, you're not. Well, you know? well I think there's a question of do they – is there more DNP rest like we've seen or is there minute restrictions when they play? They're both averaging over 32 minutes a game right now, which is not right. a heavy minutes load. Right. But it's not a particularly small one either for players at their their stage and their physical situation. I don't think you want Mark Gasol averaging more than 35 right. minutes a game. I mean, yeah. big centers generally don't do that anyway. Interestingly enough, our uh, pal, Mr. Numbers Game, Peter Edmiston, tweeted out after six games, Mark Gasol having missed one was playing more. Right, yeah. So that's that was astonishing. Yeah, you know? I mean, well, he had the one, the thirty-seven minute, um, right, OT. against the Clippers, and he had the OT game that went went up there too. And so, I think at the end of the season, I mean, he's at thirty-two point three right now. That's probably, I think, you're fine with that at the end of the season. The question is, how many games are you going to miss to along the way? If you can get seventy plus games at thirty-two minutes a game, I, I would take that right now. To your point, um, the uh, I think the main thing that Fizz is learning because let's face it, he's being told. To do certain things, sure. With with their new medical team, I, I think he's learned a not to play Mike six minutes and then not for the rest of the half, right. and b maybe n- let's not go with the DMPs. Let's go five minutes a quarter. You know, I think that's a particular strategy for Chandler for some reason. I don't know what the five minutes a quarter stems from, but uh, but it, it very clearly that very clearly seems to me to be a medical, we will play him. You will play him five minutes a quarter. The, the, clearly the maybe there's more plan. risk the longer periods right. of playing, playing time. time or know, something like that. Yeah, I, 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 I would think. Well, while one game does not make a backup point guard's career, Harrison clearly, I think, took Fizdale's challenge. Because let's face it, after the last loss, Fizz said, we got two young guys at backup point guard, and they both stink. I mean, he didn't say that, and but that's did, right. and they what have. he said. And they have. Yeah, right. they've been really so, bad. So and he I said, I'm waiting yeah. for one to own that. And it looks like Harrison may have read that and said, hey, okay, let me let me go out and play better. Well, certainly. I mean, I think the implication when Fizdell said that was that it's, it's going to be a back and forth, you know, alternating thing until someone sort of earns it. Yeah. I mean, Harrison, Harrison, Harrison certainly earned himself at least one, one more, you know. He, 
it's it's sort of the thing where presumably he'll keep playing one guy until he has a reason not to, and Harrison gave him a reason to keep playing him. Yeah, you know what? Wade Baldwin had one good game too. That's, that's right. I, I, I'm on when case. I say keep playing I, him, I, right. I, 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 I mean the next game. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Right. I know. I'm, I'm just unconvinced. That's I'm true. unconvinced that's that true. either of them will be the. I, I would love to be wrong, and I was pleasantly surprised watching him last night. Yeah. Nice to see him hit a couple threes. Uh, he, you know, he he was an effective backup point guard last night. Um, I think in the end, I find it hard to believe that either one of those will emerge as the reliable backup point guard they need this year. But I will remain hopeful. I would not be shocked if by Christmas or right after Christmas they they're probably adding a guy. But having said that, I think right now, although Harrison continues to be slow and unathletic, he's a more disciplined player. He's a credible defender. And when he's on the ball, he tends to make shots, as opposed to Fisdale's philosophy of making you uncomfortable. Right. Uh, he, he's just not very good off the oh, ball. Yeah, he's Harrison. terrible off yeah, the ball. Yeah. Right. On the ball, he's much more comfortable. Yeah, sure. I think that's an interesting point. And he, maybe he's a better shooter on the ball. Yeah. Which may be the opposite of Baldwin. Baldwin is not a good shooter on the ball, off the dribble. He's right. terrible. Um, but the other thing is, I mean, if the rest of the team stays, you know, reasonably healthy and with with Carter playing well and Parsons hopefully sort of ramping up a little bit, I mean, I think the focus shifts to that backup point guard slot because everything else looks like it's sort of solidifying a little bit right now. Yeah, yeah, no, Brandon yeah. Wright's a mystery, continuing mystery. He's now yeah. doing regenerative therapy on his foot. I mean, we may be reaching sort of Jordan Adams territory where you just you just you know let me know when he plays. You're not even just right. you stop worrying about it. Well, well and the nice thing is Jarrell's played well. I mean, there's there's. They don't. They're not hurting for bigs right now, anyway. One, they have right. Deontay David, Deontay, so yeah, Deontay, Deontay, yeah. who played great when he last time he, he played, and he can't get into the game because they are they have four rotation bigs ahead of him, and I'm sure they'd like to give him a look here and there too. So yeah. I don't think there's not a situation now where where you're missing Brandon Wright. Well, the way and, you were missing Chandler Parsons, right, right. and you're missing Tony Allen. Well, that's true. And, and, and I almost doing, think yeah. why not play Deontay a little bit with Zach? You know that would cover a lot of his deficiencies because you would have a guy on the on the back line that could be a rim protector and fly right. around, rebound, everything. Yeah. Uh, to Brandon Wright, I mean, like the Grizzlies are just being the Grizzlies right now. Like he he supposedly had his ten day reevaluation according to their timetable last Thursday. So I ask about him. I ask about him. I ask about him. Nothing. 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 It is it's Jordan Adams all over again. And then they come out with his shot and ankle uh, thing. It, it's a it's a total mystery. Yeah. Why? By the way, this is slightly off topic. I'm I'm. What do we think about the attendance so far? Is, is it's an interesting because it seems like it has been down. I, I made a mental down. note that I thought it had been down, but I have not gone and looked at numbers on it. That that I, I did think about that. But don't waste your not time. last night, but the game before because they they inflate them. Well, I know that, but I, but I mean, but <laughs> they, they inflate them every, them every year. year. So, so I mean, there's still speaking, a comparison you get a to sense, make. right? Yeah. I don't know. Just people, you know, some of the games that you would have thought would have been big, the Clippers game, you would have. Well, you thought had. Would have been I mean, big. you had a game last night that was on election night. Right. Um, that's that, the only one I was. You had another home game. How many home games have they had? Four or five in a row. Yeah. They had another home game that was Game Seven of the World Series. Right, and so um, those are sort of you know Game Seven World Series and presidential elections are not sort of normal like um, things to well, coincide I watched with home on my games. phone. Yeah, it's an interesting time. <laughs> it's an interesting time for the franchise, and it does drive home how um, I think their strategy of trying to be good is both because they're the missing draft picks and for all kinds of reasons. I right. think it's the right one. One is I don't think they're ready ready to embrace the, embrace the time when they're bad again because that will be an interesting challenge. You don't need to talk about this today, but an interesting challenge for the city and for the franchises because um, right now there's just a little less pop for some reason. But, and it, you know, but you do wonder if you know we're this is year seven now of this playoff run, this grit and grind run. 
if they look like in year seven, like you're not a top four team, but you're like a five, six, seven, eight team in the West and you're going to win 44 games or whatever it is, is there a sense, is there a fan complacency that sort right. of sets in with that? Well, you know, I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I wonder sometimes, you know, there's been so much complaining among the fan base about, you know, we don't have young players. We're not developing young players. And now, instead of coming back with the core four and Mo Spates and Wayne Ellington and Mario Chalmers and Matt Barnes and guys who have done something in this, in, in this league, and then you're coming back with Ennis, Baldwin, Harrison, guys who clearly need to be developed. I, I wonder if, the, if there's a, 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 a lack of enthusiasm because of that. Well, and they're not. They're not. None of those are star quality. You know, right. Those are not star quality young players that are get people. I, I, I don't, I don't think the, the middle of the roster ever moves tickets. I, right. I mean, I, I think it's not. I think it, I think it's a sense of not being a real contender. Right. But which but, they've but never think, really been. But you could. There have been times you could talk yourself into it. Right. I don't know if you can talk yourself into it this year. Right, and and that's kind of my point. I'm glad you said that because you can talk yourself into it if you go get guys in the middle of the roster who've done something. Well, and you look up and you're uh, seven right. and yeah. one or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean. You know, they got unproven guys almost all over the place behind the the key guys. Ron, I mean, uh, mean, uh, Chris said it was interesting this morning when we were talking. He said that you would, even with their struggles, which we've seen, you think right now if you were to judge their chances of making the playoffs – you would imp- better than you would have in a, in your in your preseason preview. Yeah, because my sense of the Grizzlies is basically what it was before the season started, and my sense of the rest of the West has shifted a little bit. In that, I mean, I had Minnesota as a playoff team. They're one in five. Their one win was when the Grizzlies forfeited to them. Right. They, 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 and I was early, but that does not look like a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot. I think a lot of team team people thought maybe Dallas would hang around in the mix. I mean, Dallas does not look well, good. Well, done, yeah. Um, and so, you know, right now the Grizzlies are tied for eighth with the Lakers. The Lakers are better than people thought, but that's a very young team that's very bad defensively. I don't think over 82 games they, they hang around. And so you pull them out, now the Grizzlies are in the top eight, and who's going to come get their spot? Right. I think the best chance to do that is Denver, and that's a really young team too. And so yeah. I could see a separation from eight to nine in the West with the Grizzlies on the right side of that line. I think the Lakers fade because in the early part of the season you got a lot of these fake playoff yeah. potential teams. I think so the Timberwolves... I mean, Sacramento, Phoenix, I mean, New Orleans is 0-8. They're, yeah. they're done. Oh, yeah. You I don't think, come back from 0-8. I think the right. Timberwolves actually rise because they've been in games. They just don't know how to no, win I agree. yet. And I think they're the opposite the court, of the Grizzlies on yeah. the point differential. They're I, negative 0.5 and they're 1-5. The Grizzlies yeah. are negative 5 and they're 4-4. Four and four. Right. And I, and I think during the course of the year, Thibodeau's going to have them winning. That He's going to teach them how to win. I think they come back. The Lakers fall. How much better do you think the Grizzlies will be than what we're watching now, Ron? Well, that's totally. It goes back to our earlier conversation about the young guys and the unproven guys. It, it, it speaks to how much are they going to be able to contribute to winning. It speaks to can James Ennis continue to be consistent? Will one of these backup point guards rise? Uh, how much uh, can Jarrell Martin compensate for the loss of Brandon Wright? It, there's a lot of unknowns there. I actually, I mean, I mean those are all obviously valid. Concerns. I, I think ultimately it may be more about Conley Gasol Parsons and do they stay healthy? And, you know, do they have relatively full healthy seasons and are they playing, you know, real minutes as a trio when you hit the spring? I feel like I feel like if those three players all have good seasons health wise and, you know, physically as they physically develop the course of the season, I think the rest will sort itself out sufficiently one way or another, whether that's with the current roster or that's going out and getting a better backup point guard or whatever. But I but I think if you have Conley, Parsons, 
Gasol all healthy, I think this will be a good team, ultimately. Well, they've dealt with the adversity of players being out and Fisdale mixing and matching. Now they go out on the road for four game, uh, four games. Uh, so we'll, we'll end on this. What are you guys expecting them to come home looking like? Well, I at some point you got to start winning, and we, we talk about you know muddling around five hundred until you get it right. At some point, if you're going to be in the playoffs, you got to be more than five hundred. You got to start winning. I don't think that's right now. I think th- this road trip is at Milwaukee, who is you know, they're four and three and looking pretty good. You know, Greek mm-hmm. freak Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be an all star. You're at Utah. I think Utah's better than them with Gordon Hayward back. You're at the Clippers, who look like the best team in the West right now, and then you're at Dallas, and Dallas is not good. But that's the fourth game of a road trip. And so I, I would take two and two. I would be happy with two and two going into that road trip. Sure, extraordinarily happy with two and two. I mean, you just gotta, like you're yeah, happy with four and three right now. <laughs> one, one, one and three is well, my well, You right. might take one and three, so right. just so you don't get another one and four. three would not be a disaster. One and three off would that not be a trip. disaster. To me, it's yes. I'm still in the muddles. To me, the most interesting thing is Chandler Parsons. The most interesting thing is because. The, yeah, we understand that if it's if Mark has to be healthy and Mike has to be healthy. I just need Chandler Parsons to be good. Like I need him to ultimately be the Chandler Parsons he was in the middle of last year. And so if I I thought between the Portland game and last night's game was was wonderful progress in that regard. If I see more progress on the road trip, if he's good, they're going to be good. And so whether they're one and three, two and two, I don't want to be on four on the road trip. But as long as things continue, we we talked about it, they continue to figure the things out. And the biggest thing they have to figure out is whether he's going to be good. Then you're then I'll be happy. No disrespect to the new big three, because uh, that's what is where it's headed. Uh, Parsons, Conley, Gasol, but this isn't Wade, LeBron, and Bosch. So if they have to be really good every night, you know, then you're in trouble. Right. I well, mean, thankfully, I, thankfully Vince is around. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully Vince Zach, is around. Uh, Zach's 16 and 8 off the bench last night. Like Sixth man of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening in. And, uh, of course, we'll catch you next week. This is the Commercial Appeal.